happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. That's racism. What the fuck? Okay. All right. This is It Could Happen Here, the podcast that already started once, um, and then uh, uh, I, I wasn't recording, okay? I wasn't recording. But um, you are now, and, that's, and then but, that's all that matters. But I am now. I got it right eventually, and people need to just be proud of me for eventually doing things right. Uh, Garrison, hi there. Good morning. We were supposed to record this yesterday, but I got a horrible stomach virus, uh, so we we didn't because I was I was dying in bed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here today because on the twenty second of August, which was this Sunday, there was a Proud Boy and affiliated other boys rally uh, in Portland that turned into one of our by now routine running street fights through the city. This time in a new neighborhood. Um, and then there was also a gunfight in the neighborhood where fighting has happened generally before. Usually happens in downtown. Usually yeah. happens, yeah. And there's some, I don't know, I think kind of meaningful takeaways from this event, um, both in terms of what the far right is going to be increasingly doing and kind of some missteps uh, among the far left in confronting them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's important to kind of, well, let's start with giving a layout of how the day went. So basically... 
the rally was announced a couple of weeks ago, right after a big series of street fights over a uh, a Canadian uh, pastor whose church lost religious status in Canada because he was uh, so bigoted. Technically, like this, this rally has been planned for a few months, but it really got yeah. boosted after this thing earlier in August. Yeah, there was always going to be something on the 22nd because there was a gigantic street fight uh, in Portland on the 22nd of 2020, right in front of police headquarters. Um, and so they there was always going to be something, and it kind of started to take shape uh, two weeks ago after this street fight uh, where, I mean, the picture that went viral was a guy pointing what looked to be an AR-15 at a friend of ours, Justin Yao, a photojournalist, um, that was later turned out to be an airsoft gun. The guy's gotten a couple of charges for menacing. Um, but it was a whole thing. Uh, they announced that they were going to be doing this rally downtown, uh, and then local anti-fascists announced a rally uh, very nearby, and a lot of people started talking about it. It became clear that it was going to get numbers, and they switched at the last moment. The right wing switched their rally to a completely different part of town um, in the northeast side of Portland in the most diverse neighborhood in Portland, right next to Park Rose High School, which is uh, the most diverse school in the entire state of Oregon. Um, and uh, so, you know, people rallied, left-wing anti-fascist protesters rallied downtown at uh, at Salmon Springs Park. Um, pretty good numbers, I would say, between three and 400, kind of at the, the height of the gathering. Um, and then somewhere around 200-ish, Proud Boys and other and these get and you know most of the most of the the left wing counter protesters who rallied were either from Portland or from you know a nearby city like Seattle or Salem. Everyone um, was pretty local, relatively. Yeah, everybody yeah. was pretty local. Whereas a significant chunk, if not a majority, of the right wing protesters were from other states, like including like they brought out a fucking Enrique Tario, who just got sentenced to I think six months in jail. Yep. Uh, leader of the Proud Boys slash federal informant was there, uh, as were a lot, you know, a lot of the same crew who have been traveling around to uh, fight people in different parts of the country, including there were a bunch of California Proud Boys who have been taking part in some of the events outside of the Los Angeles, you know, City Hall and whatnot. Um, so they showed up um, and uh, basically... You know, at first their gathering was, you know, they put out a big flag. They had like a, a, a stage on in the back of a truck and they were, you know, given giving the standard speeches. The rally was billed as sort of a, a, a free our political prisoners thing for the people arrested on January 6th. And for Alan Swinney, who's been in jail for nearly a year after he pulled a gun on a crowd of uh, <laughs> random unarmed people and journalists. Uh, on, and on the 22nd also, last year. On the 22nd last year, shot a bunch of journalists with paintball guns, did a bunch of, you know, illegal shit. Um, so they were, they, that's how they were billing it. It was, I don't know, broadly, it was very, because we showed up kind of early in the rally. Um, we kind of drove around the parking lot a little bit, getting some shots from a distance. Um, and they were definitely very paranoid from the beginning. They had like a couple of rifle teams walking around the area. Um, they had people in vehicles patrolling. Uh, we parked outside of the event. We walked up. There were four local women, um, kind of all looked to be in their, in their fifties or so who were protesting unmasked with signs in front of, but outside of the event. Um, and they lived in the neighborhood. They just heard that the Proud Boys were showing up and they were not happy about that. Um, so they, they had shown up to protest. We walked over to talk to them. And as we were talking to them, we got surrounded 
by a group of, uh, of proud boys and kind of affiliated folks who started, you know, live streaming and yelling questions. And in a couple of cases, like walking up to us with weapons in hand and asking if we wanted to fight. Um, and eventually we kind of pulled back from that, uh, and talked to some other locals, maybe half a block away who had just like stopped to watch the confrontation. And as we were talking with them, we get surrounded again a second time by, uh, by these folks. Um, who, again, are, are both trying to kind of menace us and menace the locals that we had been interviewing. Um, and there was, a, there was an interesting moment there that I, I took down that I want to kind of um, quote from, where uh, they, uh, they started, like, they, there was clearly this mix of, like, wanting us to be scared of them and also wanting to put on a good face for these locals, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they said to the locals at one point, hey, we're being very civil. And uh, the man we were talking to looked back at them and said, it's a veneer of civility, like, <laughs> which I appreciated his attitude a lot. Um, but uh, so we backed off after a little while just because the people we were trying to interview kept getting surrounded by Proud Boys. And it kind of felt like we were uh, bringing heat on them that that we didn't want to be doing. Um, so we started to head back downtown, and while that was happening, um, a horrible giant fight broke out. Um, and it had been, I think the start of it was that, so there were these, you know, unmasked women kind of out in front, and as they get surrounded, a couple folks in block came up to kind of try and defend them. Like, one of them pulled his Toyota Tacoma up to the side of the group, because people were spilling out into the street, and so he was kind of trying to block cars from the people who were out in the street, um, a couple of medics showed up and were just kind of hanging around out, you know, at the edge of the thing um, in case something happened. Um, and it, it kind of seems like folks continued to flood in. And, and from what we know of what was happening over downtown at the main anti-fascist gathering, um, at a certain point, people said like, hey, we need to the block needs to show up and confront, you know, the fascists uh, in Northeast. And people couldn't agree on whether or not they should go in numbers. There was kind of like a a failure to get consensus. So some scattered groups showed up um, and the Proud Boys attacked. Um, and there was a big, ugly street fight that went on for pretty close to an hour. It led to at least two vehicles getting totaled. Um, they attacked the drivers of a van who fled the van, and then the van uh, was flipped uh, and totaled. Um, and you'll see like the, the disinformation kind of spin on this is that Antifa was trying to drive a van into the Proud Boys but we we have video. There's a very clear video showing. Yeah, that's not of, the case. no one is in the van because they've maced and beat people and they ran away from the van. Uh, and then later, the Proud Boys like ran more than like a block away from their location. They attacked a guy in a truck, um, and not just totaled his truck, but like multiple people were beating him about the head and shoulders um, as he was sitting alone in his truck. Uh, they occupied the parking lot of a local high school. Um, fired paintball guns at, at random local bystanders and at press. Um, and the police didn't show up at all. We never saw a single police officer uh, at, in the aftermath of that. They we were like throwing there. like smoke bombs and fireworks yeah. and there's like paintballs going off for like an hour. And no, yeah, yeah. they complete, completely left alone. They destroyed mm -hmm. like totally destroyed two vehicles. Mm -hmm. And while this was happening, like right after this had happened, and I think like as sort of the footage of them destroying these vehicles, it started to go viral. Uh, a right wing counter protester downtown got into an argument with some left wing counter. I, I say argument. The allegations are that he was just hurling racial slurs at them. 
um, and trying to show a couple of black people video of a lynching or footage of a lynching. Again, these are kind of the 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 allegations folks on the scene had made. Um, he got sort of chased out of the event by a group of left-wing counter-protesters, and he was armed and had apparently been flashing his gun, and a couple of them were armed. Uh, they were about half a block away, or, well, they were like literally across the street. So he was a good, it looked like 30 or 40 feet away from them when he pulled out his gun, got behind a, a trash can, and started firing into the crowd. Uh, and he his weapon jammed pretty quickly. I think he got off maybe two shots. And people, uh, counter-protesters, Jason Wilson of The Guardian said two of them, um, but I think only one actually got off shots, uh, fired back. And thankfully, no one's bullets hit anybody. Um, but And he and he was the, the shooter, was arrested pretty much immediately thereafter, which marked kind of the first time the police... Yeah, showed up and the, the, there was an undercover cop in the anti-fascist crowd yeah. who uh, got <laughs> who wound got, up arresting the right who, who wound protester. up arresting the guy who started shooting the anti-fascists. Yeah, yeah. As soon as press saw the undercover cop with other cops, the guy in plain clothes very quickly left the scene. Yeah, he he ran away quite quickly. You might call him burned. Now, so that's, I don't know, the rough shape of the event. And of course, because of, I think, a mix of the Proud Boys, you know, getting so violent in the area, they were rallying um, and the shooting happening. Uh, the anti-fascists who were downtown at Salmon Springs Park um, did the thing that that demonstrators do in Portland now, which is uh, start tearing up street signs and grabbing pieces of fencing and making barricades. So they made a little barricade around the protest area, and they did. And this is again, this is just kind of what happens at Portland protests. If they go on, if there's enough people and they go people on just for love a certain building period barricades. of time, they fucking love building barricades. Um, I'm not convinced there was a huge amount of purpose uh, for building the barricades, but whatever, it makes people happy. And there was this kind of there was a, a a pretty intense expectation that Proud Boys were going to come out and attack at night. I don't really think anything happened that night. I think they went back to Vancouver and all got really drunk. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So that's that was the rough shape of the day. Um, I think I want to start by kind of getting into some critiques we have of kind of what we saw on the left that day, um, because it, it is this... The, the police completely abdicated, as did the city government, any responsibility for the event. They announced ahead of time that they were not going to intervene if people were being assaulted, um, because they assumed that if you were being assaulted by the Proud Boys, you're a, a combatant. Um, that was the assumption. Um, and again, like these women we talked to who showed up unmasked with signs, got like maced from behind and shoved and stuff, and like absolutely were not combating. They basically just said that if you're near a proud boy and you get attacked, we're not going to do anything about it. Um, and they sure didn't. Um, so that kind of necessitates, and this has been this has been an evolution of the police's attitudes for a while. For the first couple of years of these gatherings, the police would be there in heavy presence and would mostly attack left-wing counter-protesters. And in recent, the last year and change, they've just not shown up at all. Um, and... So again, there's a when it com comes to like sort of the there's often this debate about like, well, just don't show up, don't counter protest them. And like they they won't get anything that they want. Well, when they show up, they attack people. So like the last couple of weekends, there have been attacked the last couple of times that they've shown up in town late at night. Groups of people have attacked homeless encampments. Right. Um, you know, when they when they weren't heavily confronted two weekends ago. Uh, people drove around macing and shooting paintball guns at kind of random bystanders. So th the violence isn't predicated on whether or not people in black block show up to uh, to confront them. It's predicated on the fact that they, they come to Portland to do violence, and they'll find a way to do it one way or the other. Now, the fact that I think, you know, some form of community response is necessary to this, because, again, the local government and the police are never going to do anything to protect people, doesn't mean that I think the response that we got on the 22nd is, uh, is without criticism. We saw some really dumb shit. I think one of the first things we saw when we showed up was kind of at the, the outskirts of the event. There was a, a guy in a, a grunt-style shirt on a bicycle who kept arguing with people. At the um, anti-fascist event in Salmon. At the anti-fascist event, yeah. He kept arguing with people, and, like, uh, after, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, one of them bear-maced him. Um, and obviously, the so bear-mace is great for bears. People like to use it because it seems more hardcore than just normally macing somebody. Bear-mace also spreads a lot more than normal mace. It's it's It, like, gets carried by the air a lot more. So, number one, when there's hundreds of people around and you bear-mace one guy— you're going to get mace in a bunch of people's faces, which is exactly which what is happens. exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was so purely for just like uh, 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 like obviously. So number one, 
there was more of people were hit by that mace who were on the side of whoever was spraying the mace uh, yep. than who weren't, um, including a guy who had been trying to de-escalate things. Um, and secondly, it's just like, no matter how annoying a dude is being, uh, macing a random dude arguing with you um, makes you the shitty one, which is a number of people called out at the time. John the Lefty, a very prominent Portland anti-fascist activist, got very angry at this because it was so, it was fucking dumb. And, you know, I, we shouldn't be, I, I don't want to be doing the, uh, you know, the thing that like the right wing does, which is you take an event hundreds of people were at and you highlight one example of someone being dumb and say this is the whole event because it wasn't. But it is the kind of thing you do see at these events, and it's part yeah. of the problem of a completely horizontal movement where the benefit of that is it's, 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 it's durable, it's hard to infiltrate. The downside of that is if some guy shows up at the outskirts and decides he's going to be Captain Bear Mace, um, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do to stop him, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we, we kind of saw this trend continue over the course at the anti-fascist rally. Like, like after the shooting, when everyone was all, like, mm -hmm. amped up, like, like you know, as, as, yeah. as you should be, guys, because you, 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 like, just got shot at. But Somebody very, tried to shoot you to death. Yeah, yeah you're going to be very amped up. Th there should have been, yeah, absolutely. A, a lot yeah. of the block was then, like, very aggressive with uh, cars and drivers and people just, like, in the area who were trying to go about their day like really unnecessarily like there was like a like a lot of people were like you know if someone was confused about why there was stuff in the street and they were like driving you know very slowly and stopping to talk to people people and a lot of a lot of people well not a lot of people you know there was a few people in block who were who were very very aggressive with them and there, there was people trying to people trying to de-escalate and stuff um and that's just not super useful um because it just makes everyone more antsy and it, it's, it's not you, you're not really you're not like reading the situation accurately um if you're taking every grandma who's driving their old car trying to go mm -hmm. to like the grocery store or whatever yeah taking her as like this massive threat she's not she's trying to talk to you because she doesn't know what's happening and if you just scream at her face and like threaten her that's th that isn't anti-fascism no and also if you're just kind of randomly, as we saw, expanding out into different intersections and taking intersections and yelling at people, um, or just standing around with weapons, that just kind of freaks people out and does not, that doesn't protect anybody. You're, you're, you're not, your presence at that random intersection um, isn't doing anything. Um, and, and that was a frustration. And there were people at the time, there was this one beautiful moment where this one guy in block started saying to everybody, hey, guys, we have a defensible position back at the fountain. Why are we standing at a random intersection? Let's get back to like where we were. It's a much safer and, and less stupid place to be standing. And then there was some fucking dude with a paintball gun who said, why should we go back? Let's take the city. And it was my dude, what are you, what are you going to take? You got a fucking paintball gun and you're standing in an intersection. Like, come on, man, shut the fuck up. Um, it was just silly. Yeah, uh, and and it's the kind of silliness that, again, I don't think there's any sort of comparison for the kind of violence deployed by the two groups. And I think it's worth noting that, like, absolutely when the, not. <laughs> when the Proud Boys don't show up, there aren't random groups of people in black standing in intersections with paintball guns. It's just not a common thing in Portland outside of these events. We're seeing like a, a lot of the trends that got started last yeah. year. People trying to like set up a spot to protest, then defend that spot, like occupy this particular space. And this isn't always a useful tactic, and it's not, it's not a useful tactic for a lot of anti-fascist demonstrations. So like trying yeah. to occupy a four-block city radius doesn't make sense when you have 200 people in a crowd who are doing like an anti-fascist rally. Like it's, it's, 
it made a whole lot more sense at the beginning of the rally when everyone was just at the park because that was a very you know strong like 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 show of strength um against against any fascists who wanted to show up downtown um and that it, it's a much much more defensible spot than being spread out across like three different intersections and i think uh, Corvallis against fascism uh, an anti-fascist group put out a decent thread on this very topic talking about all these kind of same criticisms and how there was they, they even talked about how you know there was instances of block like getting aggressive with like houseless people um mm-hmm. and like threatening to like mace them and like a whole bunch of this kind of stuff which is you know pretty similar to like like Corvallis said is like you're you're engaging in the same violence against mentally ill people and houseless people that like cops do and when you're mm-hmm. when you're getting this overly aggressive escalating um terms of like um this this like e- this, this escalating conflict you're you're just you're just treating people like cops you're not actually trying to do yeah. anti-fascism and and that is always the danger is this has evolved into a thing a more constant thing is people have gotten traumatized because i do think trauma is a huge part of this one of the things that when you've been when you've repeatedly been the victim of violence both from police and from right wingers you get extra amped up and you show up with weapons and you know if the if no one shows up if you don't get that that kind of fight that you you went into this for days kind of preparing your adren- adrenal system for maybe you just start yelling at some random person in a car or somebody on the street who who transgresses in some slight way because you're you're extra amped up and that is the yeah, you know, I, I think that needs to be taken into account as like as much of a problem as anything else that needs to be dealt with. Like that's actually an anti-fascist problem is um, dealing with the the brutalization effect that occurs to people showing up at these events and makes them more likely to engage in uh, unreasonable behavior that alienates people that makes yeah. the overall cause harder. You know, there were a couple other things. There was um, there were there's a recall effort to get the mayor to not be the mayor anymore. And some people were there taking signatures. I signed the sheet. Um, They were, you know, wearing uniforms and stuff. And like a a group of people in block got very angry at them. Like you're putting people in danger because you're taking their info down here. And it's like, guys, they're not requiring you to sign anything. And not everyone who shows up at these events is, is, is worried about being identified as having been at these events um a lot and of people it's not weren't a, in block yeah, they're just uh, in their regular clothes because you it, don't need to yeah. be in black block to be an anti-fascist yeah yeah and you don't have to hide your involvement in anti-fascist activity uh and in fact it's beneficial if there's a lot of people who don't if you're a more extreme activist if you're also partaking in like anti-police activists like yeah i get it you don't want your identity known or you're you're somebody who's directly confronting the right wing a lot physically you don't want your identity known because you might get attacked that's not everyone who shows up and everyone is safer if a bunch of random people who yep. might be perfectly comfortable signing a sheet like that also show up at the event and that's you know somebody got uh, harassed would be too strong word but somebody got like crit- critiqued at the event for like not showing up in block and it was like well, they don't need to. Sometimes it's fine. It's you want as many random people to show up as possible. It's it's overall beneficial to the the thing you're actually trying to do. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The the one other thing we should we should bring up is the whole horrible debate that's been going on on Twitter around like press stuff. Because oh God, of yeah, yeah. What's happened at the Kmart? Uh, well, around around the Kmart stuff because this this kind of this kind of kind of does tie into all of these same root problems. I think. Yeah. So the basic thing that happened that that was kind of the big development on the you know because there has been kind of a growing cult of smashing cameras on the left for a while. Uh, And, you know, some of it comes from a very reasonable place, which is that a number of people are in jail or or caught charges because of of footage that that press took and posted. Usually people not wearing block as well. Usually people not wearing block or disguising their identity, which, again, we could we could litigate that. And so there's this mix of people who are just extra heightened about press and people who are just like, well, anytime you see a camera, it's fine to 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 hit it. It's like and all, all is, cameras are snitches. Is like all cameras the thing are snitches. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. There's 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 a number of, of I think, uh, uh, shortcomings in, in that type of thinking, including the fact that like those same people. Uh, tend to repeatedly miss right-wing live streamers uh, who are in block yeah. and filming events. <laughs> it happens every single time they there get is... angry at a, a marked press person. Yeah, people pe- we, people get very angry at people who are, you know, like the per- people in the block will get very mm-hmm. angry and hostile at like photographers who are, you know, clearly marked, um, yet ignore and miss uh like bad like bad actors who are dressed in block secretly filming who get a lot of footage of people doing crimes. 
and yeah. this gets missed every single time and no one talks about it. This is something that I, it never gets brought up in the debate about cameras. It's like yeah. the people getting actual footage of you doing crimes are people in block and you just ignore mm-hmm. them. And it, 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 you know, that was this weekend. There, a, a, a local journalist, Marini Stab, um, was filming, and she actually got assaulted by both sides. She was maced by a right winger before she got attacked by uh, some left wing folks in block and had her camera broken. Um, it was a very ugly situation. Um, people and, like people called her a slut. Um, yeah, as, yeah, like, like some was, misogynist some, insults. Someone in block um, did that. And they smashed her camera stuff, and she was trying to. She was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and here it is. A whole whatever, bunch of people with con with like contradictory claims about what happened. Yeah. Some people saying that she attacked the block. She did, and she was trying to get her phone back. She she it, didn't attack the block. Like it, it, whatever you want to say about like, because there's arguments about like she only complained that the block had attacked her. She didn't point out that she had also been maced by right wingers. Like whatever. That's people, that's not the thing to harp on. The thing to harp on is. For all that people claim about her camera putting them in danger, them assaulting her was filmed from like six different yes. angles. <laughs> like, it, it turns out when you when you um, when you very publicly assault a journalist for quoting for like you know because you think they're going to film you doing crimes, yeah. you get filmed doing crimes from many angles in high yeah. definition. Like that, you did not prevent yourself from getting caught on camera doing crimes. You only made it more so. Yeah. Also, as you were doing this fascists were assaulting people like you were a ton of people you you weren't doing anti-fascism you were focused on this one journalist that you don't like you know some people are some people are like saying they don't like her because she has worked with ford fisher in the past and they don't like ford fisher because of coverage he's done so like it's okay because she works with this with this media person like as you're arguing and doing all this stuff there are literally fascists a block away assaulting people inside a truck and like Right. Um, it's so you're not actually doing anti-fascism and you're also not preventing yourself from getting caught on camera. So it's a, it's a whole bunch of things that are frustrating because I feel like people really aren't thinking through this position fully and what are actually what what is actually happening on the street. And yeah. It, if you just get caught in this kind of endless debate that really has no actual answer because no one's no one's going to change their opinion on it. And like, I don't have I don't have like. I I understand the sentiment, but I also understand how there are lots of cases where press coverage is very helpful for these types of movements, and then there's definitely ways to do it responsibly, but also just attacking every journalist on site does not seem like a very anti-fascist thing to do. And it's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to claim that that's like the only majority response. It's a specific subset of the left-wing demonstrators. Because like later on in the day, like my photographer and I were getting shots of the barricades um, and there were some block people around them. And one of them walked up and very politely said, hey, would you mind um, not photographing, you know, the the people in there blind? We showed him like, no, 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 we're just getting like barricades and stuff. It was a very polite conversation. And I think a reasonable way to like everyone has a has a right to walk up to press and request that they not be photographed, you know. Yeah. Um obviously that doesn't necessarily come with like a legal backing or anything, but I think most press if someone walks up and says, "Hey, would you please not?" like most people are are going to be relatively decent about that. You'll deal with some like shitty people now and again. And I I I think that um we're harping on these problems because the basic reality is that a response from the community is necessary for these events. People do need to show up. People do need to confront and oppose these right-wing groups when they show up in town. 
And because the local government, the federal government, and uh, law enforcement have completely uh, ha have stated in multiple states, right? This kind of shit's been going on in Los Angeles. Uh, there have been street fights with people stabbed in front of police headquarters, in front of the L LA City Hall. Um, police don't declare unlawful assembly. They don't do anything to 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 confront the folks who are just like some of the same Proud Boys who are here in Portland were out in front of a clinic in Los Angeles a couple months ago assaulting cancer patients for wearing masks into a clinic. Like. A response is yeah. necessary, a response because, is necessary. And a community response is necessary. And because of how necessary the response is, it is also necessary that we critique the response when it falls short. Yeah, because all, all of these things distract from, like, the much more severe thing that, like, mm -hmm. Proud Boys like, horribly beat people on yeah. Sunday. Like, there was, there Nearly was some horrible A guy could have died. Yeah, and, some really ugly shit. And I know there's been people complaining that there was, like, seven photographers watching this happen and like i i totally understand that um uh, absolutely that is very yeah and that's a very fair criticism um, of of press because i happen to know there have been times when like right-wing videographers have gotten caught in a crowd and beaten up and members of the press have said hey they've had enough after a certain point because you do at a certain stage have a responsibility to step in you know um, it's like if you're a photographer and you see somebody with a gunshot wound, if it's safe for you to administer first aid, it's more incumbent upon you to administer first aid than to get a shot. That said, like, there's, I don't know, th th this is a, this is an old argument in conflict reporting. There's that very famous photo of, um, a, uh, a, a child, I think it was in Ethiopia, but I'm, I'm not certain where, like the, a kid who's clearly dying of malnutrition and a photographer took a picture of them. And people like critiqued that photographer and attacked him. And I think the photographer eventually committed suicide. But it was this whole, it was this whole like debate over shouldn't he have done something? And his argument, which I do think he was right in this, was like, I if it was something I could have taken action on, I would have, but like this is a kid who's been malnourished for months and months and months. Like nothing I can give them is going to you can't even just give them food because they can die when they're that malnourished. It's this whole it's this whole question. I'm not saying that I think the photographers taking pictures of that guy getting beaten in the truck should have charged in with sticks and beat the Proud Boys, but someone could have said, "Hey guys, you like you need to back off. Like he's had enough." Something like that. Like especially because there, there there was a lot of them, and yes, they were outnumbered by the Proud Boys, and mm -hmm. yes, the bystander effect is a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if more people are there, you you assume someone else is going to intervene. Um, then everyone just like watches because that's just what humans do. Well, in a lot of cases, it's like that. But yes, there, there, there could have, there could have been things done to prevent this, to maybe slightly prevent this man from getting beaten so badly because he, he, he. It was, it, it's, it is, it is horrible. It is, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think, yeah, and I also, I get. I, I don't want to like come at this by saying I think that they're like the the anger at press is completely irrational. There's some very understandable reasons for it, both stuff like that and just kind of the general basic fact with that if uh, one group of both groups of people are having violence against them and getting traumatized, but one group of people is also making a profit off of their presence there, that's going to cause friction. Like there's a number of things that cause friction between the press and communities. And when you kind of have this community of press who's come up and makes a living off of photos uh, of these events that are deeply traumatic for the people personally involved, that's going to be a cause of friction. But the fact that there's friction and the fact that there's uncomfortable questions to be asked about that doesn't mean that like, well, just attack people with cameras is a, is a reasonable response. Um, 
And like attacking people with cameras yeah. and like attacking them as they're like throwing soda cans at them as they're getting medical aid. Like that's yeah. Like yeah. Like, like for, for, for for people saying like oh like doing this kind of stuff is self defense because we're defending our communities from getting documented. First of all, like if you're wearing good block, you shouldn't be identifiable in the first place. That's why block was invented. Um, and second, like throwing soda cans at someone getting medical aid isn't self defense. In no way that's self defense against people filming you. Like that's mm-hmm. not, that's that's you are you are vi- you are very past that point. You're just hurting someone who is getting treated by medics. That that's that's all you're doing at that point. And again, you're not stopping other people from filming you because this whole situation has caused more cameras to focus on specific individuals. It's like mm-hmm. you're you're not even achieving your goal, and your goal is slightly confusing because you're not. You're 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 just hurting people who are getting medical aid at this point, and that's not like that's not really super. Oh, yeah, I I don't I don't see how that really is in line with trying to prevent fascists from hurting your community, as fascists are literally a block away beating up people. Yeah, and it's um, you know, uh, we talked to some locals in the neighborhood um while while this was going down and. I think there is in Portland a broad kind of support for uh, people confronting these folks, and yeah. there's even you know we we talked to um, as we were as we were putting on our gas masks and shit to wade into you know kind of the tail end of the big street fight. Other people in masks and armor who had like just come up from downtown were walking past, and there was like we ran into this this young black woman Mars uh, who was heading to a church event. Um, with her family and who we had just like parked in front of her house and she was like, Hey, what's going on? And we were like, Oh, it's the proud. And it, you know, she had, she was a, a community organizer. She'd had to stop showing up at events because she had gotten targeted and maced and, and followed home and stuff. Um, and she was surprised to learn that like the event had been moved at the last moment to be right next to her, you know, her community and was supportive of the fact that people were showing up to counter these folks. Um, and I, I think that uh, I think that the 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 long term solution to more effectively opposing these people is um, continuing community outreach um, and and building ties within the areas where they show up because there's a lot of it's friendly territory in a lot of cases. Um, Mars told us that like she thinks that that blocks showing up at events like this is necessary, especially like there's a lot of criticism about like, Oh, well, these are all like white people showing up. And her attitude was that like, well, that's, it's kind of incumbent when other, when like white supremacist groups are showing up in black neighborhoods to confront people, it's kind of incumbent upon other white people to show up and protect and like put their bodies on the line. Like that's, that, that's kind of how she, she saw it. Um, another good part of like, 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 you know, a, a, like the objectively successful part of this particular um situation is the the mass mobilization online of the anti-fascist resistance at the original meeting spot which mm-hmm. successful they, there was so much talk about it that the fascists got scared away like they like they they got scared away yeah, there's and, even... they, and they had to meet inside a Kmart parking lot now yes they they did violence outside of that but they they kept they kept uh, you know the, the the mobilization online, um, and they like you know preparing for the in person thing in downtown got the fascists away from downtown, got the fascists away from the homeless encampments downtown that they've been targeting the past few weeks. So, like that was very successful. 
um, in terms of keeping fascists out of downtown and keeping them and keeping, you know, a large mob of Proud Boys away from just running through a homeless encampment, beating up people um, as they've done in the past. So that is like, you know, in terms of positive things, that is absolutely a very, very good. And there was a, a lot of anti-fascists on the ground, right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about a very all of our critiques are talking about a very small group of people because there were there were hundreds of people on the ground. Yeah. You know? A, a lot of block was doing a very good job keeping keeping you know people protected, keeping certain spots secured, um, especially at Salmon Springs. Um, yeah, and there was a, a right wing live stream where they like drove past the counter protest event, part of and, and said like it's a sea of black, we shouldn't go down there. Um, and yeah, that that is when folks show up, it does protect certain areas. And kind of one of the the shortcomings that isn't a moral shortcoming of the response was kind of the. The fact that when they showed up in a different location, uh, the, 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 there, there was not really a, bear, a very good concerted response to like getting people yeah. out. And so there, you kind of had really unclear. isolated was... small groups of people in blocks showing up. And so they were outnumbered and it didn't like the confrontation with them in Northeast didn't go super well. They, they weren't um, able to have enough people there to show up a strong resistance. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like when uh, back at Salmon Springs in downtown, a lot of like rumors, like how much a block is going over to the Kmart? Is yeah. it just a little bit? Is a lot? Like it was very unclear. Um, and that, that part was yeah, because of the location change and people debating whether or not they should go to the to the Kmart where the Proud Boys are at. That that I mean that is kind of the the root of all of like the kind of the uh, the issues that came up that day just because of the crowd size got split. Yeah. it was very it was very awkward. This led you know there wasn't enough there wasn't enough anti fascists in block to like really actively oppose the Proud Boys. So then they started you know focusing on a few of the journalists who they did not like there, and that's kind of caused that that's kind of why how that problem got got to that certain point, and they weren't able to you know really show a, a a good a good defense when when the proud boys started attacking and pushing people out um so you know there's a few a few you know logistical things that are you know that that just is a hard problem like that like that is a very difficult thing yeah. to figure out on the ground um i'm yeah that's i yeah i, I totally a, it's, sympathize it's, with... it's an organizational problem and a pretty new one and like you can't you know, it, th- th- this is an ongoing adaptation thing, and I'm I'm not really sure what the long term solution to that is going to be. And I, I think the fact that there was an armed attack on the protest downtown, w- one of the things I'm worried about going forward is that like now that line's been crossed. This isn't the first time there's been gunfire at one of these events. There's it happened a couple of times. Uh, this is the first time though that there's been an exchange of fire, and. Uh, that's worrisome, and it's kind of hard to tell like where that's going to go. And especially if what I think makes this a, a particular danger is that when we see deadly violence, like we saw with um, um, Jay Danielson and Michael Rhino last year, like we saw with Skyler Jernigan firing a gun into a crowd, um, both of those two situations I just mentioned happened at parking garages. This one happened out in front of a pizza joint a block and a half, something like that, away from the main gathering. The really violent shit always happens on the periphery, and it always happens between small groups of people, sometimes just individuals. And I'm worried that if if there isn't a better solution figured out for dealing with, okay, they changed location, they're showing up in numbers here, we've already got hundreds of people here, who comes over to the new location, how many of them come, if that isn't kind of settled in a, con- in a concerted way, you're going to increasingly have small groups of people, most of whom are probably packing firearms, running into each other on the peripheries of events. And that is a fucking recipe for, for people getting shot to death. 
Um, one other good thing is when anti-fascists did fire back because they were being yeah. fired upon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they were absolutely was, right to this, fire. This back. was one yes. of the better instances of like yeah. how they actually fired. Like I know y- yeah. you talked about how they were um, how all of like the bullet impacts we found were like lower onto the ground. None of them they cracked the windows of the yeah. building, so they, they were they shooting low. Yeah. And they, they weren't they weren't shooting someone as they run away. They weren't trying to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, like a moving vehicle or like a moving target. It was very, you know, like focused. They were firing at a stationary person who was firing on them. They took effective cover uh, between the wheels and with wheels and engine blocks of cars between them. Um, and they aimed low. It was very, very effective uh, and I think very justified self-defense. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up most of what happened yeah, on the I day. Yeah, I think I mean, that does. Yeah. We, could, we could have focused more on the, what the Proud Boys did, but I'm pretty sure everyone kind of knows that they're bad and they yeah. did bad things. If um, you're listening to this, you know they're bad and they did bad things. There's no there's no equivalence between like the level of violence deployed because uh, you know in terms of severe injuries, uh, it's yeah. it's pretty one sided. And we like, I'm, I'm, um, we're not trying to like backseat activists here by talking mm-hmm. to you know by cr- critiquing stuff, but like as much as people find it frustrating, optics do matter because there is more of them than us. Like we can't we can't win this battle without without optics. Mm-hmm. So all the time that gets that gets dedicated to talking about oh here's how much Antifa is attacking you know random people filming all that distracts from the actual like brutal assault that happened um by by the proud boys you know so all of these things do do matter in the long run because unfortunately um there is there is a lot of them and for now at least we uh optics are are things that needs to be considered if we want to have any kind of success at this type of organizing yeah and i i also think that just um Obviously, like part of why we're not focusing on the Proud Boys as much is that everyone listening to this knows they're dangerous, uh, and it's much more effective to talk about, hey, what were the shortcomings on our side this event? What are the things that like could be done or need to be done better in order to improve people's safety and improve the efficacy of the resistance to these groups? Because that's what people are actually going to listen to, you know? All right. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's an episode. Get out of here. Go home. You're drunk. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality. 
potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.